And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mark Schindler for your 7-8 play-in preview. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by going to theathletic.com slash NBA show and subscribing. Mark, here we are. We're at the play and not quite the playoffs. Playoffs still almost a week away. We got five days until the real playoffs. But, you know, the 7-8 matchups are fascinating. Somehow the Brooklyn Nets have Kevin Durant and they're in the play in, Mark. This is insane. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's the that's the rough part of having your your second best player miss half the season, man. But now Kyrie's here. We've seen what they can do together. They've played really well down the stretch. Um, I'm just amped for the play-in, dude. Like before we even dive into anything, uh, getting that little lull before the playoffs start with some really high intense basketball. I'm excited, man. I think single elimination is the way basketball ought to be. I understand why the NBA does series, and it certainly works well for a professional sport that plays 82 games, but man, there's nothing like single elimination basketball games. And we got to dive right into this because this matchup is fascinating. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Brooklyn Nets upstart Cavs, they young fun, just running around defending the hell out of everything. Uh, They've fallen off lately. They kind of hit a wall and we know what their defense can do at its peak, but can they make enough shots on offense to actually hang with Brooklyn. I mean, they've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, man. That's that's a tough task. Exactly. And I think what you hit on is so essential. I mean, this is a one-game winner-take-all. Uh, and that's what makes it so uh, intriguing and why this, this really builds up. Uh, the Cavs have not shot well. In most of the matches they've played, they've only the, the one game that they did win against uh, against the Nets. They shot 34 percent from three, and that was the best out of the four games. Um, we saw the other night as they struggled in that that final game, um, they couldn't hit shots down the stretch. The, other than Darius Garland, they were five of 21 from three. They need more than that um, in in a single elimination game. Can you get some outlier shots? Can Lamar Stevens hit something from the corner? Like that's, those are the things that are going to be make or break in one game. And I'm excited to see if the Cavs can get some of that extra uh, advantage there. Well, one of the things that Cleveland's done well is they've hit the glass. Still don't know if Jared Allen's going to be available. Can they win the battle on the glass? I mean, Andre Drummond's been fantastic. Kevin Durant, you know, we know what he can do on the glass. Can Cleveland win the battle of the rebounds, which is going to help them on the offensive end? Yeah, I mean, it's another really important aspect. Like the the Nets, you would think that in that that game it was close, but um, like you mentioned, Drummond was huge on the offensive glass, and he has been for them all around. Uh, Evan Mobley has been playing well at center, but that's where you really see them missing Jared Allen is cleaning up on the defensive end. Um, you know, when they get into rotation a little bit, when Lowry Markinen has to close out or, or Evan Mobley has to close out, you end up with smalls on the interior and your rebound is not as good. Um, they need to be a lot more locked in and honed in on, on, on getting as much as they can off the glass in this game. 
All right, we got to talk about Kevin Durant. Not just Kevin Durant, the scorer, but Kevin Durant, the play initiator, the playmaker, the passer. 16 assists the other day, career high. How about his passing? Is that more important in this series or is it his scoring? I think it adds another wrinkle. You know, like one of the debates that we always bring about that, uh, that you guys have talked about on Nerd as well, you, you, Dave and Seth. Um, like, what do you do with the guy who is this good of a passer and also this good of a scorer? Like, he is good enough as a passer. He's had the best passing stretch of his career um, over this last month or so. Uh, and it's not like anything like crazy. It's not like LeBron level passing, but it's enough to pick you apart if you send two to the ball. The Cavs typically haven't sent two to the ball, but like, this is where the dichotomy comes in. Do you try and make Brooklyn shooters beat you? Do you try and, you know, force closeouts, force harder contests, or uh, do you let KD cook and just hope that you're able to stay in front of him? Um, it's a really interesting thing to look at. Like Evan Mobley guarded him some, Lowry Markin guarded him some, uh, Isaac Coro is going to have his hands full with Kyrie Irving, as, as we're going to talk about in a minute. But um, it's definitely something to look forward to and, and see what happens in, in the game. Well, let's go ahead and jump to Kyrie since he's next on the list. He's available for this game in New York. Not a big deal. I mean, he's been playing games there for, for a few weeks now. Uh, he is the second star on this team. And when we saw him playing part-time, we saw the scorer that he could be. Now, I think that's dropped off a little bit now that he's playing every game. Can he hit that peak for one game is likely a Brooklyn win, right? Can Isaac Okoro prevent him from hitting that 30, 35-point game? Yeah, so this is kind of like a two-sided card in some ways. Like Kyrie, 7-22 in the last game. Part of that is just fatigue. Like I think that really factored in from the last couple of weeks as he was playing all games. Um, but Isaac played him really well. So good chasing over screens, good at staying in front of him. Um, that's part of the battle. Like I don't think that you can expect Kyrie to shoot 32% from the floor again and only one of his seven shots from deep. But how much can Isaac make him work? How much can Isaac get him out of his game? Uh, and more importantly, too, how can Isaac contribute on the other end? Like we saw, uh, I'm probably a little bit higher on what he can do offensively, even without having everything going for him. But again, that's what it talks about, like looking at under the glass. And if they cheat off of him, which they're going to when he's in the weak side corner uh, or strong, yeah, weak side corner, I should say, um, can he cheat in and get an extra rebound or two? We've seen him do that this year, but can he do that in this game? Can he, uh, maybe he does hit a corner three. Like just can he do enough little things to add up uh, to give them enough offensively along with what he does defensively. Well, if he doesn't, Cleveland's bench is going to have to find a guy. Who's that guy for Cleveland? <laughs> I mean, it might be Chetty Osmond, man. Like, he's had a very interesting year this year. It's been a little bit up and down, very erratic. Uh, that's kind of his game. They need him to be on. Um, I, I think the, the entire bench, honestly. Like, can they, you know, can Kevin is Kevin Love has slowed down a little bit since he looked like the, uh, the obvious sixth man of the year for a couple months. Um, he's struggled a little bit more defensively with Jared Allen out, which makes sense. Um, but again, he factors in with everything. They need him, especially on the defensive glass. Um, they need him to be able to hold up on switches or, or anything they do in zone. Um, and more importantly, too, can he get hot for them? Because they really need him to get going off the bench. They don't have another dynamic ball handler with Karras probably starting. So it's just it makes it a little bit awkward. I know it's funny to talk about bench guys in such a star pack team like the Brooklyn Nets. But who's their guy coming off the bench? Who's going to surprise us in this game and, and maybe swing it? Yeah, I mean, does Cam Thomas get a couple minutes? I would be shocked. I don't think he will. But Patty Mills, Patty Mills has looked really good the last couple of games. 
he seemed to, to find a groove over this last week or so, especially in that Pacers game. He got extremely hot. They need that. Like somebody who can hit shots off motion, force the defense to really uh, be, you know, that's, that's part of the mind boggling part of playing Brooklyn. Okay. Either I can defend Patty Mills lifting from the corner or I'm going to double on to KD. It's, it's not a fun equation to try and figure out when you're a defense. And I think if he can get going, uh, that would be huge for Brooklyn. Now, now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. And in the West, we've got the Carl Anthony Towns-led Minnesota Timberwolves who weren't supposed to be here against the Los Angeles Clippers, now led by Paul George, who missed most of the season, but they've looked pretty good since he's been back, Mark. Yeah, I mean, obviously, well, noting that there's a caveat of, you know, end-of-season stats are very wonky, but in the last seven games since Paul George returned, they're second in offense and fourth in defense. I mean, we've seen a lot of what made them so intriguing last year, except even more so. Like, Norman Powell came back. He looked right motion-wise. Like, he looked like himself out on the floor. That adds another scoring punch, just adds another length and wing out there. Um I'm I'm so intrigued by this group, man. I, this, this is the worst draw you could possibly have if you were Minnesota in, in the playing game. Well, I guess the big question in this game is going to be, can Minnesota protect the basket? Can they protect the paint? Is Carl Anthony Towns going to be able to get it done against this Clippers team that does attack the rack? Yeah, I mean, Minnesota, uh, their, their defense has been so up and down this year in both good and bad, and it's been a little bit more bad since the since around the trade deadline since early in March. Um, they're allowing 70% at the rim, which is the worst met, worst in the NBA. Uh, of course, they're good at you know preventing some of those shots, but again, that feeds in. Can they force some drives to stop before the paint? We know Reggie Jackson, if you're able to wall him off, he's going to resort to the pull-up. Uh, we've seen Paul George be you know kind of, uh, I don't, I don't want to say, uh, passive, but you know there are times where he can get into his pull-up game instead of getting to the rim. If they're able to fully collapse the defense, that opens up a lot of things for for opening up Minnesota's defense and, and <laughs> opening up a can of whoop ass in turn. Well, okay, we got two big tentpole stars in this series. I mean, Anthony Edwards is on his way up, but Carl Anthony Towns is already there. Paul George just coming back. We haven't seen him for most of the season, but we did see Carl Anthony Towns this year. Probably an all NBA level performance, I would say. Had a 60 point game. Who's going to be the best player in this series, Mark? I mean, I I, I think I'm leaning Carl Anthony Towns just because we've seen it all year, but Paul George has been pretty damn good since he's been back. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be Cat, like you mentioned. I, I, like in terms of talking defensively, he's going to be essential to what they're doing to to stop things, especially in a one game, uh, one game stretch. Offensively, though, he's going to have to be dynamic, um, and we know he can be. The way that he's been punishing teams on drives has been awesome, um, and I actually think in some ways that leans leans into uh, a little bit more of a better way to defeat 
the Clippers, in my opinion. The first three games of the year, they played three games within about a week and a half of each other, lost all three by double digits to the Clippers. Um, but that was when Cat was really just doing a lot more floor spacing, less of the post up, less of the post and repost and out of drives that have really cemented what have made them the best offense in the NBA in 2022. So I'm so excited to see what this matchup could look like because we just haven't, frankly, gotten to see it with with both stars healthy. Um, I'm expecting a big game from Carl Anthony Towns. Same. Can can the Clippers counteract what Minnesota wants to do offensively? Slow them down. Bring them into the mud. Play that Ty Lue kind of counterpunching basketball. You feel like they, they can do that with their toughness? Yeah, it's so interesting because the Clippers really don't force a lot of turnovers, even though they're a really good defense. They like to sit down. They like to force you into, into – just doing tough shit in the half court and they're really good at it. But on the count, on, on the other hand, Minnesota loves getting out and running. They love trying to force turnovers. They love being active. Um, they're number one in pace in the NBA this year. I think, you know, slowing them down and forcing them to really work for everything is going to be essential, you know, taking care of the ball, not doing some careless stuff that that can lead to just easy dump offs or easy points uh, for the Wolves is going to be really important for the Clippers in this game. Jared Vanderbilt's been an X factor for Minnesota all season long. I'm assuming he's going to get the assignment on Paul George for the majority of the game. Can he do enough? Yeah, it's kind of similar to the Isaac Okoro matchup because Vanderbilt has been awesome. Probably their best defender on balance this year. He's done some really great stuff hitting the glass as well, fighting in pockets for them to to make things work offensively. But as we've seen other teams do this year, uh, teams and especially the Clippers were one of the teams that figured this out. If you get Cat in the post, they're going to to send help as soon as he, he pivots. Um, and it worked really damn well in those first three games. Um, it worked well in the fourth game as well. But I'm interested to see how that looks because if you have Jared Vanderbilt out there, you can cheat off of him. Corner, maybe even if he is in the dunker spot, you can do some stuff crunching down the paint to make things a little bit mucky. So. Um, can he be as impactful as they need him to be offensively while still, you know, dishing out what he can defensively. And again, that's another thing that factors in. If he's not able to contribute offensively in a one game elimination game, uh, he might get pulled. I don't know. I, I, they need him to be who he can be. Well, we know Ty Lue is not going to hang with a guy too long. And so I think Chris Finch is going to have to be the same way. Both of these teams love to generate offense, getting downhill, attacking the basket, kicking the ball out. Who's going to win the backline help battle in this matchup? I mean, this might be the thing that swings the game, man. You called me a nerd for this, but this is a, this is a real thing. The backline is going to be the most important front in this game, as far as I'm concerned. Like we already mentioned, the rim presence for for Minnesota being an issue. They love to give up corner threes because of how they play defense. They're going to show two to the ball early anytime there's a ball screen. Um, so that means you have to have somebody rotating well backline. That's going to be Jaden McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt, okay? If if you have the, the Clippers who are shooting 43% from deep on corner threes in 2022, you cannot give that up. Like, this team is too good in terms of what they can do, punishing you from the corners and just from deep in general. Can the Wolves, who give up, you know, top 10 in the league in, in the amount of three-point three corner attempts, can they win that battle? It sounds like a minute thing, but I do think it's going to be a really important part to watch. They're going to have to be really crisp and tight on rotations like they were earlier in this year. See, that's why Mark Schindler is a Slammy Award winner <laughs> right there. That's exactly Shout why. Shout out to Andrew and Alex. Guys, the play-in is going to be fun. We love single elimination basketball around here, so I hope you guys enjoy the games. The play-in rules. It has made the regular season better, and it's fun on its own. 
Hope you guys enjoy the games. Have a great rest of your week. Mark, let's get out of here. Dang, dang, y'all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.